And good Saturday morning to you. A chilly, but good Saturday morning. Welcome into the Saturday morning quarterback here, part of Optimum Game Day Live, presented by United Supermarkets. We are live from the southwest corner of Jones Stadium, where uh, the time change has brought the sun out a little bit earlier. And I was just going to say, I hope... We uh, beat the whole. You know how you talk about it being colder. Is it the, co- the Coriolis? I was hoping we were going to beat it, but I don't think we beat I, it. I don't know that it matters today because no. it's very, very cold out here. But our man uh, Chris Sizemore, man, taking care of us. We got the heated blanket. We got the uh, heater underneath the table here. I think I'm cozier right now than I was in bed. Honestly, I might. <laughs> you might have to wake me up here in a second, Andres. I don't know, but uh, it is no time for sleep for two big reasons. Number one, UIL high school football has reached the playoffs. We're going to be talking about that with you for the next couple hours here on the Saturday morning quarterback. But uh, more directly and uh, possibly more importantly to you, number two, there's a bowl-eligible Kansas team in town today to take on the Red Raiders who need to win two of the next three to become bowl-eligible. And this is not the way I thought that that would go back in August. But here we are with Texas Tech very much needing to beat an upstart Kansas Jayhawk team uh, and just find a way to catch some breaks because it has been competitive game after competitive game where you just cannot get things to go your way, particularly in the fourth quarter. Today's a night, uh, or tonight's a night, where the Red Raiders have to figure that out. Yeah, they do. Who would have thought <laughs> bowl-eligible Kansas team back in uh, August, September coming here to Jones Stadium to take on the Red Raiders. But uh, hopefully the uh, the streak comes to an end. What, four out of five, the last two for the Red Raiders? Man, that's uh, it's hard to swallow, but it's, it's reality, so hopefully they change things here here tonight. Kickoff at 6 p.m. tonight. We've got you on Optimum Game Day Live all the way up to that point. And then don't forget when the night is all wrapped up here at Jones Stadium, you can just walk a little bit over to the east and hang out with us at the Overton Hotel and Conference Center for the Double T 97.3 Coors Light postgame show. I'll be with you over there wrapping things up and uh, just taking your thoughts and your opinions on how things went uh, this evening. We'll see how it goes. But, uh, man, I tell you what, uh, Andres, it's been fun to – to follow these teams in our area this year in high school football and thankfully we've got some folks that appear to be primed to make a run here into November and possibly December but uh, it starts off in 6A where in Division 2 the Friendship Tigers have not seen a playoff action in a while but they see it uh, last night at home hosting El Paso Franklin and uh, the Tigers did not disappoint they win 35 to 17 to improve to 9 and 2 overall on the year uh, a good, solid win for them. The second straight week, though, that we see their defense hold a shutout in the second half. And that's kind of been the uh, one bugaboo of this team is the inability to slow people down, uh, even though their offense has had enough to keep things going. They show that ability again last night in the second half, and that leads them to a, a doubling up of El Paso Franklin and advancing on to the second round. Yeah, you love to see it. This is the time of the year where you want to be playing the best football. I know coaches year after year say it. You know, they, they talk about the three three seasons and in the football season, of course, wanted to play their best here at this time. And for this Tiger defense, you know, it, it's it's pretty good. And look how important it is to uh, do well in district and, and win the district or at least share a tile, a tile uh, in that district. Very important because other teams in 2-6A uh, not as fortunate as the Tigers. So they're always important. And we talk about it even week one in district play. We're like, man, this is an important game. Man, this is an important game knowing what they had coming up. So congrats to them. Well, awaiting them now in the second round, the Mighty Dragons of South Lake Carroll. They beat Crowley 52-13 to on Thursday night, excuse me, so they get an extra night of prep. Uh, I'm sure there were some 
Green Carroll uh, polos of coaches probably in the stands last night out in Wolferth. But uh, Southlake Carroll 11 and 0, the winners of District 3, is the next in line for the Tigers. And uh, you can go back, oh, some, oh, crud, it's almost 20 years now. <laughs> that seems like a long time ago. But uh, a Monterey team runs into Southlake Carroll way back in the day, nearly knocks them off. Uh, in fact, if you still talk to some of those folks, they'll tell you that the refs hosed the Plainsman that day. Uh, I think a Saturday ball game at Lowry Field. But, uh, you know, that is one cool thing about being at this point at a 6A program. There's probably very few, if any, programs in the state of Texas that are more, uh, you know, celebrated, more talked about, more hated, honestly, than South Lake Carroll. Uh, to get a shot at them in the second round uh, shows uh, just how much you're in big boy territory now when you're the Friendship Tigers. Yeah, big boy Jace. I mean, it's only the second round, but still, <laughs> still, yes, I know the name. I respect the name. We all uh, have heard about that success and that tradition there in Southlake. But, man, you would love to be playing four, five, six rounds deep in the playoffs against this team. But uh, uh, for the Tigers, it comes next week. Good opportunity uh, to, to make a big win, have a big win, and knock off a good opponent. The opponent, uh, if two weeks' time, should you knock off, Carol, could come from anywhere. But... Uh, it was McKinney beating Capel 44 to 26. Dallas Jesuit beats Arlington High uh, 41 to 14. So McKinney and Jesuit next week up on the top half of the Division II bracket. Highland Park beats Arlington Bowie 44 to 27. Denton Geyer was a 42-7 winner over F- Flower Mound Marcus. Both Geyer and Highland Park undefeated. They'll match up next week with somebody losing for the first time in this season and then san angelo central falls to el paso eastwood 61 to 49 uh, eastwood one of the few teams uh, in the in the entire area of el paso to get out of the first round we'll talk about a couple others here later on but uh, they beat central 61 to 49 and byron nelson beats boswell 54 to 14 so el paso eastwood and byron nelson on the very top of the division two bracket in division one maybe the surprise of the night, in my opinion, and people said that Pebble Hills was very good out of El Paso, but I didn't know they were good enough to knock off Permian 45-28. to The uh, Panthers see their season come to a screeching halt there after only losing one ball game all year uh, to Midland Legacy earlier this year. They see their season come to an end at 9-2. and two. Pebble Hills now will face North Crowley undefeated. They beated Mansfield Timber Creek 66 to 17. Midland Legacy did advance. They beat El Paso Eastlick 46 to 21. They draw Keller in the next round. Keller is nine and two after beating Euless Trinity 17 to 10. But uh, you know when you look at District 2 6A, they go two and two in the by district round. Uh, you know, does that surprise you at all? I, I, the, the Central game doesn't surprise me, but the Permian game does surprise me a little bit. Yeah, that one was definitely a, a surprise of the night, but I think there is some good football in El Paso. And we, unfortunate for, for us, we don't see a lot of it because it is so far to play, and, and really the only time you're playing an El Paso team uh, from, from our area is usually a, a bigger school, 5A, 6A, and it's usually in the uh, in the playoffs there, the first or second round of the playoffs, so you don't see a whole lot. I know Estacado's kind of been there. They've you know traveled to Clint and... Maybe, maybe here and there played someone else from El Paso. But outside of that, just very unfamiliar with them. And maybe that was an advantage. Even though I think the Midland schools probably see them a little bit more. Is that correct? Maybe non-district-wise? Yeah, usually at least one of those schools in a non-district matchup. But but still, you know, you just figure uh, the, the typical talent, especially this year, it just seems yeah. like they cross the board in El Paso. They're a little bit lower in, in, in you know, status than they've been. And they usually have a team... That really stands out, but a couple right behind them uh, has not seemed like that. All the way down through 4A as we get to some of these scores, we'll see that. But, uh, 
anyway, Permian, all done. It's just Friendship and Midland Legacy left, and each side they won't see each other, and Legacy in Division One, Friendship in Division Two. Uh, but both survived to the area round, both with big challenges next week. 5A Division One, big game out in Woodrow last night as Cooper hosts El Paso Bel Air, and any interest in that ball game diminished rather quickly as Cooper takes care of business in a big way. They win 59-7 to to advance to the area round and awaiting them, similar to Friendship, a name that you've seen, a name that you've heard, a name that has many state championships tied to it, the Alito Bearcats. They beat Colleen Shoemaker 37 to nothing. They were the undefeated district champion of District 3, uh, even though they uh, did lose their two non-district ball games this year. Yeah. But they will come in at 9-2, and two, just like the Cooper Pirates next week. Uh, do not know a site or time yet on uh, that one. Sweetwater, 7 o'clock. We do know a site and time on that one. It is Sweetwater at 7 o'clock. So the Mustang Bowl, very nice. There Why you, you smile at me? Oh, well, you just, you're just like a, you're an encyclopedia of sights and times. That's very good. Uh, but, but the Mustang Bowl, great, great spot. Very, very uh, tradition-rich place there to, to, yeah. to have some playoff football. So very good for the Pirates there. And a little bit, a little bit more your direction than theirs. Of course, they're a little bit farther west than the General Metroplex. Correct. So yeah. that actually probably ends up being about halfway. But for the Pirates, I mean. Uh, again, they, they've they've been here before. They've seen these guys before, uh, just in Division Two. Now you're both in Division One. Uh, would would exercise a lot of demons if you could finally get past an Alito team uh, and beat somebody like that. Down below in that bracket, Midlothian beat Justin Northwest 51 to 34. They were the undefeated district champions of District Four. So Midlothian advances to face Amarillo High. The Sandys beat El Paso Parkland 38 to 20. So a 6-5 and five Sandys team taking on an 11-0 Midlothian. Uh, the winner of that one would get the winner of Alito and Cooper. Uh, and, and, you know, like you always say, if you, if you knock off the biggest name in front of you, sort of like prison rules, right? Go punch the biggest guy in the face. Maybe everybody else will leave you alone. I wouldn't know. I'm sorry. Well, I wouldn't either. It's what I've heard. All, my, uh, all of my, uh, you know, ex-convicts that I hang out with uh, tell me that's the way you roll in prison. Uh, so apparently that's what Cooper is going to have to do. But if they can... Uh, Midlothian is undefeated, but they came out of a weaker district. Uh, you know, you really do wonder about your opportunity to to keep things rolling. Up on the other side of that bracket, Tascosa advanced, beating El Paso Isleta 70-7 last night. They advanced to face Burleson Centennial, who was a 56-28 winner over Lake Belton. Tascosa and Burleson Centennial both will go into that game next week at 10-1. and Abilene High also advanced out of this district. They beat Red Oak. Excuse me. They beat El Paso de Valle 42 to 14. They now get Red Oak, who snuck by Denton Ryan 29 to 28. Speaking of tradition-rich names, yeah, that was a shock there, probably for the folks up there. Yeah, Ryan was the third-place team out of District Three, so kind of a down year for them. But uh, Abilene now gets Red Oak, uh, a team that uh, Coronado is, yeah. is semi-familiar with here in recent years. But uh, how about that for District? Two five A Division One. They go four and zero against the El Paso teams, uh, and really, none of the games were particularly competitive. With Amarillo High beating Parkland thirty eight twenty, being the closest of the margins. Yeah, and that's probably the, the the difference in in you know talent up there is the six A schools probably. I don't know how they uh, uh, align the districts there, but six uh, uh, A seems to have a little bit more more talent, and it shows with the records and of course the uh, performances there last night. Yeah, it would be uh, <laughs> it would be interesting to see uh, what what would happen if you saw those guys finally match up again. Would love to see it. I mean, uh, Cooper is also familiar with that down in Division Two. I did not expect it to be quite as laid out like that. But 
four Metroplex teams standing in the way of that happening. If you if you call Alito Metroplex, and I, I think I will uh, include them in that bunch. So would be a huge week for West Texas if you could go east and knock off some of those people. Surely most of those games played in and around the Abilene area. So we'll we'll see how that goes. In Division Two, of course, none of our directly local teams in play in 5A, but uh, Canateo beats Paladero 28 to nothing. They advance to face Fort Worth Arlington Heights, who beat Frisco Independence 40 to 21. Abilene Wiley advances. They beat El Paso High 54 to 14. They now get Colleyville Heritage, who was a 35 to 14 winner over the newest school out of Frisco, Frisco Emerson High School. Argyle beats Fort Worth Wyatt 63 to nothing. They now get Wichita Falls Rider, who was a 48-7 winner over El Paso Chapin. Grapevine beats Lake Dallas 31-14, and Abilene Cooper beats El Paso Andrus 49-20. 10-1 Grapevine will face 6-5 Abilene Cooper there. So three of the four 2-5A D2 teams also advance in that district that Lubbock High and Plainview were a part of. So uh, a pretty good showing there against El Paso across the board. Now you got to go prove it with the folks to the east, and that is always a big-time challenge. Man, some good matchups here early on. Nittengar, Highland Park, Argyle Ryder, that could be fun. Obviously, Alito in the mix, South Lake Carroll, and Friendship, a lot of fun next week. We will look closer at those Friendship and Cooper matchups, but we'll get into the 4A and 3A scores next and get to your thoughts on the Ace Flowing Center chat line. All that part of the Saturday morning quarterback here on Optimum Game Day Live on Double T 97.3. And welcome back into the Saturday Morning Quarterback. We have run through the 6A and 5A scores. We dive now into the 4A action as we saw Lubbock Estacado have a very good night last night in Division One, beating El Paso Bowie 54-7. That improves the Matadors to 7-4. and four. And you talk about uh, big boy football, not necessarily a, a statewide recognized kind of program, but certainly a, a school that is considered a big school that is new to 4A D1. Uh, so kind of an interesting juxtaposition here. But Randall out of Canyon beat Springtown 31-7 to uh, to advance to the area round. So 7-4 and four Estacado will take on 8-3 and three Randall. So a Randall team that dropped out of 5A D2 down to 4A D1, an Estacado team who moved up to 4A D1 from 4A D2. Uh, certainly a, a massive difference in school size here. Uh, and, and not typically uh, teams that you would see match up at this point, but a, a big opportunity still for Will Blaylock and company to uh, get a big win over the Randall Raiders, who have been kind of an up-and-down team. They are 8-3, and three, uh, but we saw them sort of have some strange slip-ups uh, in their district season uh, and non-district season as well, but also have some big wins. Uh, you know they're both good football teams, but the Matadors really feel like they're rolling offensively right now and then also held Bowie just to seven points last night. Yeah, great performance it's going to be a fun one here versus uh, Randall coming up 8-3 uh, and three, uh, on, the, on the season, I believe. Escato 7-4. and four. Interesting to see where they're going to play that one. I haven't seen uh, anything on that. So could you go home and home with, with those two teams and, and, and kind of see what happens? You could flip it. At, you know, Greg Sherwood Memorial Stadium seems like a really nice spot to play it up in Plainview. We'll... We'll see what happens there. If you know anything about that Estacado site, please let us know on the Yates Flooring Center channel. And we'll get to some of your other thoughts here shortly. Uh, as we know, a lot of you have been uh, chatting us up already this morning. Appreciate you on the Yates Flooring Center channel. We'll get to that in a little bit. Should the Matadors beat Randall, they would get the winner of Decatur and Andrews. 
Uh, another eight and three and seven four matchup respectively. Decatur beat Pampa last night, fifty-five to nothing. Andrews was a thirty-four to fourteen winner over El Paso Austin. So that is the very bottom of the bracket. Up on top of the bracket, Big Spring sneaks past El Paso Riverside, thirty-eight to thirty-five to advance to the area round. Big win there for the Steers, and then Dumas sees an up and down season come to an end at the hands of Wichita Falls High. Uh, not uh, <laughs> not what I would have predicted in that one by any means, but Wichita Falls wins 15-10. to 10. So Big Spring and Wichita Falls in the area round. And then Brownwood, the district champion out of Estacado's District 2, 4A Division 1, pounds El Paso Irvin 63 to nothing uh, in that one. And then Canyon uh, knocks off Burke Burnett. They advance as well. So Canyon at 10-1, and one, Brownwood at 9-2. and two. There's another one heck of an yeah. area-round matchup between those two teams <laughs> up on the, uh, uh, the the second line of the of the top half of the bracket. No doubt about that. Dumas, man, tough to see. Tough season there for, for the Demons. And really, it started all the way back in week one. Just a very, very difficult uh, road for them uh, ending their season there last night. But Wichita Falls, that's a, that's a big-time win. I know they were in the... Uh, uh, two five, uh, excuse me, the five A Division two district, uh, not too long ago, and it was you know they they had a couple of playoff wins, but not a whole lot there. So a big time win here as they move down to four A Division one. Yeah, Old High and Randall both probably not too upset about their move down to four no. A, uh, and they certainly looking to make a run here. But the Escada Matadors will stand in the way. Uh, the Randall Raiders, great game next week, wherever it is played. Again, if you know, give us a shout on the 8th Swing Center chat line. In 4A Division II, uh, tough night for our area teams. Leveland falls to Monahans 27-15, to and Snyder falls to Ferris. And Ferris is one that still I'd really never heard of until this season, but they uh, lose 31-21. to Westwood's season comes to an end there, and Snyder at 4-7. and Lally Young's Lobos finish the season at 2-9, and nine, but Monahans and Ferris will match up in the area round. Seminole does take care of business, and they do so emphatically. A 78-burger <laughs> that they hang on Mountain View out of Clint. Uh, 78 to 13, the final score there. So Seminole improves to 10 and 1. They will draw Godly next. Godly 6 and 5 on the year. That's Godly with an EY. So there's nothing holy about these guys. They're just somebody's name. But they uh, beat Grant Greenwood 26 to 7. So Greenwood also just sees their season end in a in a really not very competitive fashion. Uh, kind of a weird year for the Rangers as well. But Seminole and Godly next week, 10 and 1 and 6 and 5. In the area around which tough falls Hershey after all the craziness of their season they still advance over Hillsborough 48 to 14 they will now draw Canyon West Plains who beat Pecos 56 to 7 uh, Hershey looking to extend their season next week against West Plains and then Graham also caught up in that craziness yeah. of the season they do not survive the by district round they fall to Glen Rose 55 to 14 uh, Glen Rose will next drop Fort Stockton, who knocked off Perryton 20 to 14. You know, Fort Stockton not in one of our area teams' districts this year, but uh, quietly they've got nine and one. They're now ten and one on the year for the Panthers. Uh, they get Glen Rose next week. Both of those teams are ten and one. So in 4A Division Two, only two of our district area teams uh, advance: West Plains and Seminole. Really, Seminole only the one in our listing area. Hopeful that the Indians can keep things rolling because they've had a great season, but uh, otherwise a really tough night in 4AD2. Very tough, but man, keep an eye on keep an eye on out for that Seminole team right now, rolling now at 10 and one, possibly a, a good matchup uh, next week in round number or uh, yeah next week in round number three or in two weeks if if Monahans is able to take care of business as well. Seminole Monahans 
could be a fun one. Hershey's, of course, playing well. But how about West Plains? We talked about it earlier, their first season uh, competitively here, uh, actually keeping score. And they get a, their first win. They get their first district win. And now their first goal ball uh, last night after that win over Pecos. So I'm sure they're feeling good right there with Cannon ISD. Yeah, an 0-3 start. They're 7-1 and since that. So that's wow. a, a team that has found some school tradition in a hurry. And I'm sure they're excited. A big game against Hershey next week, who has stayed state-ranked throughout the year despite some of the uh, bizarre situations, including a, a double forfeiture that they've been a part of. But uh, West Plains hoping to keep it going. 3A Division One, a mixed night for our area teams. Uh, Div- District 1, man, District 1, a major, major letdown after what we thought was going to be a, a pretty exciting year. Denver City, the district champion. One of the examples across the state of why maybe it's legitimate to have four teams make it to the playoffs. They fall to the fourth seed out of District 2, Dalhart, 31-21. to And the Mustang season comes to an end. They finish at 6-5. and Dalhart improves to 5-5. Five and five. They next get Whitesboro, uh, who beat Vernon 60-6. to So Dalhart and Whitesboro in the area round. Shallowwater keeps things rolling. They beat La Mesa 41-3. That game was uh, graciously, I think, a little... A little better on the scoreboard than I thought it might get. So, uh, or, or just credit the Golden Tours for you know not getting completely blitzed, but still a, a blowout game, forty-one to three. Shallowwater now ten and one gets Paradise in the area round. Paradise beats Breckenridge forty-seven to seven. The Buckaroos fall there, so Paradise is nine and two on the season. They were the third place team out of District Four, but that doesn't mean much when you consider that that district also includes Brock. Pilot Point and Whitesboro. Pilot Point was the four seed out of that district. That's not something they're used to seeing. And their season came to an end last night, too. They fall 41 to nothing to Jim Ned, who will now get Bushland. Bushland beats Kermit 55 to 7. Uh, and they are 10 and 1 now in the year. The Falcons and Jim Ned, that's one heck of an area round matchup, too. Two big names there. Brock, uh, always good. They beat Iowa Park 48 to nothing. Muleshoe knocks off Brownfield. So there's another district team out of District 1 that falls. Everybody in District 1 falls 0-4 last night, but Muleshoe wins that one 47-37. The Mules now draw Brock in the area round. A, a very, very uh, challenging matchup in the area <laughs> round for Muleshoe, but why not? I mean, that's right. what you play for to get to a shot at the big guys this time of year, and Brock certainly qualifies as that. But when you look across that region uh, right now, Dalhart, Whitesboro, Paradise, Jim Ned, Bushland, Brock, Muleshoe, if you're the shallow water Mustangs, I mean, you you got to feel, I, I would argue, pretty good about your chances right now, especially with Dalhart and Whitesboro being your third-round game. you got to beat Paradise next week, but after that, I'd kind of say all bets are off. Yeah, all bets are off. Definitely in a good spot. Of course, winning the district puts you in that good spot there to uh, uh, advance on here in the playoffs, so definitely looking looking bright. I do want to mention the only team to not lose in 1-3A Division One. Slayton Tigers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, see, I yeah, see what yeah, you did there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, you can't lose if you didn't play. It's the meme with the guy pointing at his head like, ah. Pretty sneaky by the Tigers there. But, uh, yes, yeah, so merc- mercifully, their season did come to an end last week. But, uh, yeah, tough night for District 1. District 2, a little bit better off as uh, all four of those teams uh, win to advance <laughs> to the next round, but uh, some and, tough roads ahead for all four as and well. And how about Muleshoe beating Brownfield twice in a season? Their their first matchup earlier was was down to the wire, came up to a two point conversion that was unsuccessful, and and this time Muleshoe getting that double digit win. I would always argue. I think I'd rather be the team that lost a close game 
going into a rematch. Yeah. Uh, tough to tough to get back and, and you know defeat that revenge factor, but Muleshoe manages to do it and get a big win there. Uh, some thoughts from the Ace Flowing Center chat line before we get into 3AD2. A texter says, how much of a chance do you give friendship against an undefeated South Lake Carroll? Keller only lost to South Lake Carroll by three, so the Little Southwest Conference can be knocked out by two teams out of the same district. Keller is the Midland legacy opponent on the other side of Division One. there. And then Craig chimes in, friendship will be a powder puff for South Lake Carroll. Bulletin board material from Craig there. We'll put that out there and see what happens. But more Saturday morning quarterback coming your way next. We'll get into 3A, D2, and get into 2A and 6-man as well. And some big private schools looking to keep rolling as well. We'll get all those scores to you coming up next on the Saturday morning quarterback, part of Optimum Game Day Live right here on Double T 97.3. And welcome back into the Saturday morning quarterback here. Uh, thoughts on friendship from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, Craig saying that they're they're just cannon fodder for uh, South Lake Carroll. I, I I would beg to differ. I think this defense is really starting to come into form for the Tigers. And I, I you know I know the spread offense is is a twenty year old thing for a for a school like South Lake Carroll. They certainly know how to defend it. But I think uh, what friendship has done offensively ought to be able to compete against. Uh, the bigger boys from from out east, and so uh, we'll see. But I, I would not say that it would shock me if friendship's competitive in this game. I do think that they would be the underdog, but nevertheless, I, I think that there's no reason to say that they have no business being there and, and won't be able to win. I think they've got a shot at this one. Yeah, I, I do too. I think they definitely have a shot. If I had to give a, a percentage, probably what 40, 35, but still, still okay. Yeah, still, I, still. I a think I'd there. settle in there somewhere too. I, I definitely think they shouldn't be favored or won't. Won't be favored, but uh, but we'll see what happens. And all you need is the right kind of break in a playoff game to get things going your way and, and put somebody like an undefeated Carroll on their heels where they haven't been very often uh, and just see what happens. And, you know, you mentioned that South Lake Carroll has to uh, play on a Thursday night. So do the Tigers want to play Thursday just a short week or are they going to try to get the Friday game scheduled? Depends on, on that, uh, that point flip and the discussions that they're having. So. We'll see. If we we know it, we'll let you know as soon as we know it as well. And, and as we always do in playoff time, if there's any of these matchups that you already know a site and time for your area club, uh, let us know. We will get the word out. But uh, not much news that I have seen so far on uh, a lot of these area schools. But uh, we'll, we'll certainly relay that if we know it. <clears throat> in uh, 3A Division Two, we've gotten you down to that point. Last night, Idaloo has to battle it out against the Friona Chieftains, but they come out on top 24-21 to 21, uh, to advance to the area round uh, where they will face uh, Crane, who beat San Angelo, uh, well, whatever it is, Texas Leadership Committee something.com. I don't know what they are, but San Angelo TLC Academy. Uh, so Crane is the next matchup, the Golden Cranes and the Wildcats in the area round. Adelaide will get into that game at 8-3. and three. Uh, but with a uh, really battle-tested win under their belt already in the by-district round. Wall gets a bye. We don't see that in the UIL playoffs very often, but Tornillo, out of District 1, not able to field a team, and as such, uh, you just get to go ahead and play. Uh, nobody in that round, so Wall gets an extra week of rest. Do they, they get a gold ball? I would think I would think they deserve it, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how that – it's not your fault. No. I mean, I'm sure the school ordered themselves a goal ball either way uh, as the by-district champions. 2022 by-district champions defeating no one. (laughs) 
Uh, but they are going to play Childress next week. So there's your there's your prize. Uh, Childress beats Coahoma, forty six to twenty. A really pretty good year for Coahoma comes to uh, an end at the hands of the Childress Bobcats. And same thing happened to Roosevelt. Roosevelt falls to Canadian seventy to eight. I, I feared this one could get ugly, but I didn't know it'd get that ugly. Uh, but certainly Canadian was was a much stronger ball club coming in. So Canadian wins. They are now nine and two. They will face Early, who defeated Odessa Compass Academy. 62 to nothing. So that District 1 is really a, a hodgepodge of, of weirdness uh, there in 3A Division 2. It also includes Alpine, who beat Brady 57 to 55. Uh, Alpine will now get Spearman, unfortunately, who knocked off Permian, or excuse me, Permian, who knocked off Abernathy 21 to 7. The Antelopes uh, lose in the by district round. Another four seed beating a one seed. Uh, and, and I just didn't see that one coming. You know, Spearman had to be better than what they had shown. Yeah. Uh, really had kind of struggled in non-district and even into district, uh, but but definitely didn't see them beating Abernathy by two touchdowns. Just a, a rough week there for uh, the Antelopes, but uh, Spearman now advances. So they're at 4-7, and seven, Alpine at 5-6. and six. We'll match up there in the next round. So outside of Idaloo, really no one from the area advances. Uh, we do see Spearman, Canadian Childress from uh, district uh, you know, teams advance and Friona, you know, dangerously close to to making it a clean sweep for District Three over District Four, uh, but the Wildcats do hold on. Uh, I could see them beating Crane, but then it gets a lot tougher with Waller Childress in the next round. Yeah, congrats to uh, to Clay White, head coach there of the Idaloo Wildcats, getting his first gold ball as a head coach. Love to see that. So, but uh, yes, after next week could definitely be a lot more tougher as we move on. In two A Division One, uh, another. Area that uh, saw only a really one area team advance, but uh, Sundown falls to Stratford, forty-nine to eight. Stratford remains undefeated. They are eleven zero and zero on the season. They now get Cisco, who beat Reagan County fifty-five to nothing. Cisco nine and two. That's a heck of a ball game in the area round. But Sundown season comes to an end with a final record of three and seven new deal defeats highland park 71 to 18 they are now eight and three on the year they will get four sand the buffaloes beat stamford 21 to 14 so new deal and four sand in the area around uh, four sand you know been a challenge to some people they uh uh you know were always one of the teams i think post had to beat both yeah. years that they advanced to the state semifinal uh, so that game will be uh, a good one for the Lions next week. Sonora is now nine and two. They beat Anson twenty-eight to twenty-seven, almost a four a four seed knocking off a one seed. But Sonora holds on for a one-point victory. They face Farwell, who beat Olton forty-one to twenty-three. Uh, so a season ending for Olton there at seven and four uh, on the year. Holly defeated Cristobal six or excuse me fifty-two to eight. Uh, the Bearcats now 11-0 on the season, the winners of District 4, and they draw in the area round Panhandle, who beat Floydata 54-28. Whirlwind season comes to an end at 6-5. Panhandle improves to 9-2. and uh, So really, unfortunately, only New Deal, really, the area team. Farwell, uh, you know, at a distance is still in there, and Panhandle way up north is also still in there. But uh, uh, other than New Deal, it's, it's, it's all teams that are 9-2 and two or better. Uh, and it's a really, really salty region. If New Deal's going to keep advancing, they're going to have to upset a lot of people. Yeah, it could be Stratford, too, who was a, a, a state champion a year ago, even though it was in a different division. Uh, that It'll be a, a new test and a new uh, uh, foe there for the Lions that they would possibly have to face if they uh, end up going uh, continuing on here in the playoffs. 
In Division 2 of 2A, Seagraves was a 22-12 winner over Bovina. Big win for Seagraves there. They're now 6-5. and five. They will get Vega next week. Vega defeated Memphis 33-12. to 12. Uh, Seagraves, at, and again, at 6-5, and five, the runner-up out of District 4, uh, looking to continue their run if they can beat Vega next week. Wellington uh, beats Boys Ranch 58-6. to six. Uh, Bummer of an end for Boys Ranch, who finishes at 5-6, and six, but uh, to come into the playoffs of the 500 record, the best season they've had in ages and ages. So a uh, good deal there <clears throat> for the Rough Riders. But Wellington and the Skyrockets do advance. They get Sudan in the next round. Coach Sanders' defense uh, holding ropes to only 12 points last night. Sudan wins 43-12. to 12. So congratulations to Ron Sanders. I know we, we talk about Coach Sanders all the time. We don't ever talk about uh, the head coach there at, at Sudan because we're, we're too busy giving props to, to our man Ron there uh, on, the, on the weekly broadcast. It makes me uh, laugh here. But uh, anyway, Sudan does advance. They will be uh, facing off again against Wellington. A tough draw for the Sudan Ball Club. But if you're, if you're going to make a real run, you've got to beat people who are really good. And that's an opportunity for them to do so next week uh, as i should give credit to john cornelius the head coach of the sudan hornets but uh, uh you know that's that's the kind of game i think you if you're in this area you circle it on the calendar you circle it on or you circle a team in the region saying you know this is the kind of team you have to beat to, to advance to the state championship uh we want a shot at them well here's your shot what are you going to do uh, if you knock them off that'd be a lot of fun rawls defeated plains 34 to 18 they now get clarendon uh, who beat Groover 47-20. to 20. Uh, So Coach Rangel's ball club out there in Rawls, the Jackrabbits, will enter the area round at 9-2 and two on the year. New home, and you broke the streak, my friend. I'll give you credit. Uh, we have jinxed everyone on earth with our presence, either positive or negative. It just seems like it's gone the opposite way all year. Uh, Andres called the Slayton ball games this year. They were 0-10. Got invited out to call the new home game last night on the radio, and we were both really nervous that something bad would happen, that our mojo would feed the Leopards negatively, but it did not happen. They beat the Hill Center Owls 49-8, to so new home advances on to the area round. They are 10-1 and on the year. They will face Sunray, who was a 53-35 winner over Shamrock, uh, and that is an 8-3 and Shamrock team. So the Leopards hoping for... Uh, Hope for some good things to happen, but uh, you going to be on the call again next week? Yes, it looks like it. We will continue to uh, to roll with them here as, uh, as they move forward. But a big-time win there last night, and uh, the name Logan Addison just uh, playing really well. Both sides of the football, he had over 220 yards running the football, the leading tackler there at, at middle linebacker for the Leopards, and they, and they played well. I mean, um, it's it's right now they're they're hot, they're playing well. Uh, offensively, a sophomore quarterback with the, with Addison there as a junior running back. The future is bright, but the future really is right now because uh, they're playing well at one of the best times to play good football. Yeah, a lot of young athletes and a growing community out there in New Home, and certainly they would like to uh, start making some history. They'll have a chance against Shamrock next week, and then you know, Rawls or Clarendon. I think that's a, it's a pretty good draw for New Home. If they can keep rolling, maybe they end up with a shot at a at a Wellington. But I'm all in on Sudan, man. Let's knock off the Skyrockets <laughs> and, and shock West Texas here. That'd be a big one to go beat somebody out of the panhandle like Wellington. The six-man score is still a wait, and there are some surprises. Here, we'll get you the private school matchups as well and the games from last night and the ones upcoming later today. All that and more to come here on the Saturday Morning Quarterback, part of Optimum Game Day Live, presented by United Supermarkets, right here on Double T 97.3. New coach, new season, same tailgate. Optimum Game Day Live on Double T 97.3.
Speaking of uh, tailgates, Andres, uh, Jim Blossoms at Raider Alley tonight. Is that is that? I mean, I'm a '90s kid, <laughs> so I know you're you're significantly younger than this old man right here. But uh, you get jazzed at all about Jim Blossoms or no? Do you even know who I'm talking about right now? No, I do not. <sighs> well. Yes, I am old. I'm so old that I don't know if I want to stand out in the cold to watch a band that is one of my favorites from my youth. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Jim Blossoms at Raider Alley today. Uh, follow You Down. Hey, Jealousy, Allison Road. No? No, nothing? sorry. Oh. No, uh... those, are the, those are the big hits, but you can go deeper in the catalog, and I hope they will, too. <laughs> Prior to the game here today, Texas Tech and Kansas kicking off at 6 tonight. will be a, a chilly one. But uh, already warming up just a little bit here, I feel like, this morning uh, out here on the southwest corner of Jones Stadium. We've got you covered all day long here on Optimum Game Day Live right up until kickoff. So come hang out with us uh, on Optimum Game Day Live and, and give us some time here. Uh, uh, <laughs> a texter here says, Left, let Andrus tell you about Logan Addison's hit on the quarterback. It looked like a Dwayne Slay hit. Oh, yeah, it was <laughs> a couple of them. A couple of big-time hits last night there from uh... – from Logan Addison, man, I was impressed. I was, I was, you know, thankful to be there. I had a fun time, and hope they uh, continue to roll. They're they're playing well. Any any knowledge of the sight and time on New Home Shamrock? I, I do not do not have anything yet, but uh, uh, we'll see. Maybe here maybe here later today we can we can find something and out. That one feels like an Amarillo ball game, probably Shamrock way up there. Randall or uh, uh, Canyon with the with the new stadium? Yeah, could, yeah, you could you could choose a lot of cool maybe. cool sites up there. Dick Bivens never disappoints, but. Uh, a lot of options, except for the officials, if they're from Amarillo. Uh, that, that will disappoint you. All right, in six-man Division One, uh, we'll get into those scores now. Nazareth defeated Follett 40-24. to The Swifts continue a really outstanding season. I'm sure there's some old codgers there that are like, when is basketball starting? Daggummit. I bet they're pretty ticked about that. But uh, they're not used to seeing Nazareth make this kind of uh, football season happen. But they will extend their season on to place Spring Lake Earth, uh, who beat Spur 50-42. to The Wolverines and the Swifts in the area round. Spring Lake Earth will come in at 8-3. and That's a heck of an area round matchup as well. Knox City defeated Petersburg 50-28. to The Greyhounds at 9-2 and will now face Happy, who was a 52 to nothing winner over Miami. The Happy Cowboys 10-1 and on the year. So a really good matchup there as well. Whiteface advances. They beat Van Horn 56-6. They are now nine and two, and their uh, draw for that uh, success is ten and one. Rankin, the state-ranked Red Devils, defeated Ira seventy-four to forty-two, ending the Bulldog season at eight and three. But Whiteface and Rankin in the area round. And Westbrook, uh, the number one team in the state, has been all year long. They defeated Garden City seventy-two to twenty-two. Uh, they will face uh, Brent Buena Vista out of Imperial, Texas. Uh, Buena Vista beats O'Donnell eighty-six to thirty-six. So the Screaming Eagles. Not screaming this morning. They finished their year at four and seven, uh, but uh, pretty good. Uh, pretty good matchups there ahead. Whiteface going to have to knock off Rankin to advance, but they're another team uh, that, that the Antelopes have been quietly better than anyone's really said much. We we haven't even drawn a ton of attention to them here on the show, but I think they could sneakily, uh, you know, uh, cause some problems for the Rankin Red Devils and find their way into the third round. Yeah, I think so. And man, I, I still need to get out to a six-man game just to see see all that and i'm sure the playoff games are just even more you know especially when you get late into the uh that playoff run they're just even more fun and and possibly more points but yeah 
uh, for Whiteface, for Rankin, should be a, a very fun matchup coming up next week. Now, that is one cool thing about Lubbock and its situation and, and, uh, geographically here is a good chunk of these schools are West Texas schools. So as the uh, playoffs advance and you see uh, you know any of your local big schools head east to play in Abilene or wherever against the Metroplex schools, uh, a lot of those games will settle here in Lubbock. So if you love uh, love you some six-man football, you got a chance to watch it. Uh, coming up more and more over the next few weeks. In Division Two, speaking of those schools, uh, Groom defeated Amherst 44 to 24. Groom only came in at five and five, but they're now six and five. Uh, Amherst finishes its year at eight and three, uh, but Groom will now get Balmeray, who knocked off Loop 52 to six. Loop really had a great season. Uh, just tells you how strong Balmeray is as they advance in that one. Klondike is a 63 to 36 winner over Sanderson. Uh, Dalton DeGraffen reads Cougars, excuse me, are now eight and three on the year. They will draw Whit Harrell. The Panthers shut out Silverton, forty-six to nothing last night. Whit Harrell now ten and one. I'm, I don't know if it'll work out if you're calling the new home game, but if you're going to go to a game, I'm going to Klondike Whit Harrell. There's your game, Andres. That's a that's an outstanding West Texas area matchup between those two teams. It'll be a fun one to to see. Uh, I bet we get that one right here. Right here, close, probably probably out west somewhere. I could see that one being played in Level Land. Maybe we'll we'll see what happens. But that'll be a really good ball game between area ball clubs. Jayton advances. They beat Paducah forty-four to thirteen. They are now going to face Throckmorton, who was a fifty-four-eight winner over Goldberg, and that is Gold-Berg. Not one word. They're two different communities combined. Uh, I'd never never been out to Gold or Berg, but Goldberg. Uh, did not win last night. Throckmorton now facing Jayton. Uh, Jayton is 8-3 and three on the year as they head into the area round. Newcastle and Rule, I have not found a result on that one anywhere. I've been looking all over the place. Not sure what happened between Newcastle and Rule, but I do know that whoever does win that matchup, or did win that matchup if it's already done, will face Benjamin. Benjamin was a 56-6 to six winner over Motley County. Uh, Benjamin 10-0 undefeated on the season. Ends Motley County season at four and seven. Mike Bigham's club uh, uh, just not used to that kind of record here at all out in Matador, but uh, uh, certainly still still pretty pretty solid when you consider that it was a down year for Motley County and they still found their way into the playoffs. I'm sure they will be back and strong again next year, but uh, uh, not not a ton of, of local local names still left in the six man either. It was it was a rough by district night I feel like uh, and Thursday as well. For a lot of our area schools, uh, you got to hope that the ones that are left can really make a run. But uh, probably, uh, you know, if I, if I did the math, and I did do the math, maybe a 30% winning percentage for our schools that are in the listing area. Uh, just kind of a down year so far, or so it seems. Yeah, I hate to see that here, especially once we get to playoff time. But, uh, I mean, you know, can't really say much about six-man football. I don't, I don't have a lot of knowledge right there with that. and. But I'm sure it's very similar to the 11-man game and being able to uh, that, that playoff run, that playoff rush that these teams these teams get. Well, Taps hopefully going to be more friendly to our area schools. Kingdom Prep is going to in the Division Three six-man of Taps uh, playoffs fake Eagle Christian Academy. That's out of Waco. They will play later on today. I uh, do not know the exact site and time on that game. If uh, Anybody out there listening is a KPA fan and can tell us the details on that. I was not able to get those uh, earlier this week. but I have Newcastle 97, roll 49. That's from the uh, chat line. 97. Oof. 
97. All right, so Newcastle and Benjamin next week. Uh, Newcastle was the winner of District 8. They were 8-3 and three going into that game against undefeated Benjamin. So 97 <laughs> points. That's a... And you know, hate to hate to see them come up short on the century mark there. <laughs> they were that close. But uh, don't know if we'll see that many points today for Kingdom Prep, but certainly uh, they would love to uh, uh, to get there. Peter Griffith in his first uh, game as a head coach in a playoff situation here for the Warriors. So they will face Azel Christian if they should win. Azel Christian beat Heritage Christian last night, 77-28. to Christ the King also going to play today at 1 p.m. That matchup is against Greenville Christian, the Golden Lions looking to uh, extend their season. But uh, if they win that one, they'll face uh, Midlothian Christian Heritage, who beat Prestonwood Christian North Academy 68-18 to last night. Uh, Lubbock Christian got a bye. Such a successful year, they don't even have to play a bye district game. They will face the winner of Central Texas Christian and First Baptist out of, I believe, uh, Denton in that game. Uh, next week, and then Trinity was a 42 to nothing winner over McKinney Christian. Uh, they will advance into the next round as well in Division Four uh, after that big time shutout victory last night that they had. Congratulations to the Lions. Uh, they will face Arlington Grace Prep, a 34-24 winner over Colleyville Covenant last night. So, lots of success there in Taps. Hope to see that continue as well. When we come back, we look at the biggest surprises of the Divide District Round. Right here on the Saturday Morning Quarterback on Double T 97.3. And welcome back to Hour 2 of the Saturday Morning Quarterback here. Garrett Luft and Andres Flores with you from the southwest corner of Jones Stadium where uh, Texas Tech will take on the Kansas Jayhawks tonight at uh, at 6 p.m. And, and Andres, it's kind of funny thinking about you know past games and history. Uh, you don't really remember many of the wins against Kansas because there's there's not typically a whole lot of memorable moments in those games. You do remember the losses, and yeah. those are uh, uh, a little too uh, too close to home. Certainly here recently with the bizarre bizarre way you lose to them uh, three years ago uh, in the blocked kick pitch fumble <laughs> disaster that ended up uh, hmm. leading to well just one of the many events that yeah. folks will uh, hold over Matt Wells head for years to come uh, in his tenure here as the Texas Tech head coach but uh, th- this this doesn't feel like a quirky thing today this is a legit Kansas team one I remember and if I'm wrong I apologize with Eric Stevens halfback pass to Dar- uh, Darren Dar- Moore is that correct double overtime win maybe I maybe yeah I think so I, 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 I here at Jones, and that sounds that sounds uh, like a Tommy Tuberville era, and yeah. I, I blocked most of that from my mind. <laughs> I'm sorry, which is sad because really that's probably the best uh, of of three tenures of coaches. <laughs> Arguably, you had only one bowl non-eligible year out of the history, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I I I you know I can't I can't remember. Whole, I remember 08 thinking Kansas was good enough to beat you in Lawrence, and you went and then housed them pretty pretty solidly. Uh, but uh, beyond that, I just I, I don't I don't recall much. I do remember losing uh, in overtime my freshman year, uh, two thousand and one. That was uh, that was not fun. That was not fun either. But Kansas wasn't nearly as lowly as Kansas is now back then. So we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, nothing lowly about the Jayhawks today. They'll come in at six and four. Already, excuse me, six and six and three. I believe already bowl eligible. Six and three. Uh, a, a win over. Uh, some tough ball clubs already, and, and really a, a convincing, dominant win last week over Oklahoma State, who's 
got me scratching my head to the Cowboys right now. They've really fallen apart with Spencer Sanders not available. But uh, a talented, uh, well-balanced club. Tech will have to play uh, a more complete ball game than they have. Uh, we've got you covered all the way up until kickoff right here on Optimum Game Day Live, presented by United Supermarkets. Uh, plenty of fun to come. Uh, uh, lots of action and activity all around today. And all the guys from Double T 97.3 and 100.7 The Score will get you ready uh, for that game. Thetford and Ashby going to follow us this morning uh, and then on through the day. Just about anybody you want to hear from from our stations will get you what you need to know. All right, we've gotten through all the scores, Andres. If we kind of step back uh, from a microscopic view of each region and just look at the entire big picture what what do you see and what do you notice uh, as far as any wins or losses that, that stand out to you here after one week of by-district play? Well, really what's, what I'm excited about for next week, I know this wasn't your question, but what, what catches my eye is the matchups that we're going to get next week. There's some very, very good matchups. I have some serious history that we'll, we'll get to here a little bit later on in, in the program, but I think friendship right now, just to start at the top there in 6A uh, with, with that win at home, uh, having to face a South Lake Carroll, that's that's going to be, uh, I mean, that, that that name that you see is, is is you know scary at times because you know the success and the tradition that they have. But can this Tiger defense continue what they've done over the last last few weeks? And and how about I ask this question: If not just friendship, but if you're a team that you know you're going to be the underdog going into a playoff game and you see a tradition-rich team, is it better to meet them early, or do you would you rather meet them? Round five, round six of the playoffs. Oh man, that's a good question. I, I, you know, I, I think I'd almost rather say early. Yeah. Because the confidence boost you would get from knocking them off uh, might really, really, you know, energize your team through what becomes monotony. I mean, practice this time of year, the weather is colder. The the monotony of it all just starts to pile up on itself. You feel like you've been doing this for a while. Uh, I think you know if you can win one of those early ones against somebody that uh, brings a little more excitement. I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna you know dis dis disparage the, the El Paso Franklin Cougars. I mean, that's that's not like a, a you know a, a standout you know statewide known team, but still, it's a it's a playoff team that you've won against, and it's a, a playoff game you've won when you haven't won playoff games in a long while. So uh, it, that alone is worth being excited about. But but I can't imagine. Anybody that lives in the state of Texas, especially a Region 1 kid growing up, no matter what division you've played in, when you look up and see South Lake Carroll on your schedule, I think there's something different there, you know, than El Paso Franklin. So, uh, you know, they'll be motivated this week, I think, without a doubt. And then if you can go ahead and, and get an upset victory, uh, you know, everything else that lays in front of you, I don't think anyone will have a bigger name than that. But the, the no. confidence that you'll have uh, really helps you. And I, and I think that's what's unfortunately uh maybe maybe lacking for a lot of west texas schools is this this you know underneath it all worry that you know we really aren't as good as these big metroplex it doesn't matter whether it's 4a 5a 6a there's this assumption that they're just bigger and badder and meaner uh and and more athletic than you are And, and honestly on paper they probably are most of the time but uh when you've come through 26a the way friendship did i i just I think that they are worthy of uh, being confident already in their own right, especially if that defense continues to show some development because that would be one area where I'd say, yeah, maybe you should lack confidence. <laughs> yeah, but the last two weeks, the yeah. adjustments that have been made at half times, uh, I think you got to feel like you got a shot at this thing. And I'll agree with you with the part of uh, beating a, a name like this to carry that confidence and that momentum on into the several round, several more rounds is, is important. But, man, 
just to, to say you defeated a team like Carroll to either win a state championship or go to play for a state championship, that's that, that's got to be a, what you dream of growing up and, and wanting to play high school football. Well, arguably even more more motivated in that same kind of vein is Cooper because it's not just a name that you have in front of you, but it's a name that you've already had some history with. And, and <laughs> some of that history, you know, coming in, in, in situations and games where you kind of feel like you got cheated. You feel like you got uh, taken advantage of by more than just the 11 guys in the other jersey. So, uh, that, that you know, I don't know what Coach Darden does with that, what he says this week to his team, and if he talks about uh, – you know that experience two years ago or not, but but either way, uh, th- th- there's no one in that locker room, whether they're a freshman or a senior, that needs to be told about the Alito Bearcats. They're ready to roll in this one. Uh, they will be highly motivated, and, and and I think even more so maybe in this case, if you can beat them here in round two, your your feelings of confidence and and your, your straight up just your likelihood of having a chance to keep rolling, I think only goes up as you advance. I don't know much about Midlothian, the only undefeated team left in Region One of Five A D One, but if you can beat Alito, I don't think there's any reason for you to be fearful of Midlothian. I think Midlothian didn't they take on Coronado last year? Was that a, was that an area round game last year? Yes, I think that, so that sounds that, right. That's where I remember that that name and that team from. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. A lot, a lot can happen between now and then if if, they, if if Cooper was able to match up with them. So friendship and Cooper, the only teams in the two larger classifications that are in the listed area, still going forward from here. Uh, when we get down into four A, Estacado still uh, in that spot right now with a really a dominant win last night uh, that got, got them into the area round. They don't have, uh, you know, necessarily quite the quite the statewide name power. But they've got a big school in Randall. I mean, it would feel like you were playing a, playing up a division any other year. It's kind of weird to see these teams together. But for the Matadors, uh, I think that there's still some element of that underdog mentality I would think Coach Blaylock uh, certainly could use in his uh, post-practice talks here this week. Yeah, and Randall, I mean, I'm sure they're feeling good coming off a, a district championship season that they had in their new district and, of course, playing at the at the, at the stadium there that, that, that they love to play at. And, and Estacado... You know, you in your streak of district championships because Brownwood just played so good uh, this whole season, especially in district play. The Lions finishing 4-0 in district play. It's going to be a fun one there. I want to see where they play it. You mentioned Plainview possibly uh, a scenario, but that's just halfway. So, But we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I know in basketball, whenever you, you play, usually some of the Emerald schools, you probably meet somewhere like in Dimmit or something, but probably not for a football game with uh, the amount of people going to be there and, and facility-wise. But still, it just... Hopefully, can Escado get a home playoff game? I, I would try. I, I would. I would. You know, risk it, risk the flip, and try to get a home game. Well, yeah, we, we, and maybe not under Coach Blaylock. Although I do think they had one fairly decent trip up north this year. But uh, Estacado is no stranger to the very long trip no. up into the Panhandle. Uh, Amarillo or, or Canyon, in this case, would not be that bad. It would be <laughs> actually a, a kind of minimal compared to a lot of the trips that they've taken. So, uh, yeah, flip home and home, and take your chance, and, and you know, maybe play in a really nice facility there in canyon if you have to i don't know whether randall would want to play at kimbrough or they'd want to play at the new wt yeah. stadium or not uh, uh would be interesting too to see what the availability is based on wt's remaining schedule i think they've got at least a, another week of games uh, to play up there in division two of ncaa football so uh, but same same situation as we mentioned with friendship and with cooper should you beat randall it's decatur and andrews waiting on you in the next round 
and then after that, it, it, it looks pretty clear to me it's either going to be Brownwood or Canyon. But, um, you know, why not? If you can if you win this one uh, this coming week, then you give yourself a chance to, to really make a run and get out of Region 1. Uh, and I think it, it's far off. It's really hard to motivate kids with this now because you have to win two games to get there. But you know the Matadors would love another shot at Brownwood. Uh, that game getting out of hand in a way that I, I don't think Estacado – uh, certainly feels that they are that much weaker of a team than Brownwood, but uh, we'll see what happens there. Seminole, the last great hope in Division Two, uh, they did beat Mountain View seventy-eight to thirteen last night. They've only lost once this year, but they'll get six and five Godly in the next ball game. That that's kind of the opposite of what we're talking about here with these other schools. You look at a, a team that you don't know much about, probably if you're Seminole, you're certainly not very familiar with. Haven't played them really very much. I don't know if they've ever played actually Seminole and Godly. But uh, you're ten and one. They're six and five. Uh, you know, if you're <clears throat> Coach Pointer, do you do you feel like you run the risk of your team uh, getting too big of a head when you're uh, you got five more wins on the season than your opponent in this round? You know, I don't know, and I'm, I'm trying to look it up godly right here, right now. Um, I don't think so. It does not look like they have played. So ever. first, so, so yeah, you're really not going to know exactly what 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 this team does does bring, but. Offensively, want to keep things rolling. I think still for sure, seventy-eight points is a is a lot in in the first round of the playoffs. But to keep that rolling, um, not sure what Godley brings to the table defensively. Uh, even though they do, they do beat a pretty good Midland Greenwood team who's had had success in, in recent years. And if you if you do beat Godley, an eight and three Monahan's team, a five and six Ferris team. Uh, you know, I, I just <laughs> this is kind of the opposite across the board that, that all those other games we've talked about. Seminole. Uh, if if I'm them, I'm fighting the the battle of you know being overconfident and looking at what should be, on paper at least, a, a very winnable stretch here for the Indians if they can keep advancing. Uh, Hershey would be your your biggest problem, and then more Glen Rose, I'd guess, uh, if you were to advance to the regional final. But uh, the Indians in a really good spot to be in. I mean, we've certainly credited them with success, but their district was. You know, kind of an up-and-down district, hard to gauge. They did beat West Plains 31-21 to in the uh, second week. Excuse me, no, the district opening week back uh, all the way on October 7th. So that's the only team left from their district that is still playing ball at this point in time. But uh, I don't know. Could be could be a really nice stretch here for Greg Pointer's ball club. Uh, we'll keep an eye on them for certain. We'll look a little closer at Shallow Water, look a little closer at Idaloo. And also some of the 2A and 6-man teams when we return on the Saturday quarterback. I want to hear from you. Give us your thoughts on the Yates Flooring Center chat line at DoubleT973.com or the Double T 973 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank. Uh, Happy State Bank going to be happy this morning. The Cowboys have advanced there into the area round as well with a win over Miami last night. We'll get into all that and more coming up next on the Saturday morning quarterback, part of Optimum Game Day Live here on Double T 97.3. New coach, new season, same tailgate. Optimum Game Day Live on Double T 97.3. And welcome back into Optimum Game Day Live here on Double T 97.3, presented by United Supermarkets. You're with the Saturday morning quarterback right now. We will have all the guys throughout the day here. Thetford and Ashby following us from 9 until noon. Chuck Kynes and Mike Gustafson from noon until 1. Aaron Dickens and Chris Level from 1 to 2.30. Choice Woman, Jeff Haxton from 2.30 to 3.30. Man, it's been good to hear Hax on the basketball calls again. 
Uh, don't want to don't want to discount the rest of football season, but it is it's a fun time of year to get them both going at the same time. Uh, my, <laughs> my son said to me this week, Dad, I forgot football was even going on anymore. Oh my goodness! Wow. Like, well, four and five will do that to you sometimes, but uh, hopefully it turned around here today. Uh, Clint, Scott, Taylor, Beatles will wrap up things tonight from three thirty until five until the uh, Red Raider tailgate show kicks off from inside Jones Stadium. Chris Level. Uh, down on the sideline with John Harris and Brian Jensen up in the booth and Choice Woodman, director slash stat guy, I think. I don't know what all Choice does. Engineer. Engineer. He's he's pressing buttons and making sure that we hear what's happening during the broadcast. Uh, don't forget tonight from the Overton Hotel and Conference Center after the ball game, we've got the Double T 97.3 Coors Light postgame show with you. Uh, taking your thoughts and calls on the benchmark hotline. Hey, if you want, if you want to give us a call on the benchmark hotline, bring us up seven seven one zero nine seven three. We'll, we'll we'll take your thoughts on high school football this morning uh, and get your your favorites from around the area. We've gotten uh, through scores. We've talked about uh, some of the larger schools. Let's look at three A action because Shallow Water at ten and one on the year will face Paradise in this next round uh you know not a team i've heard of much i really didn't know they even existed they're probably a growing metroplex school if i had to guess but uh they're nine and two on the year uh, their two losses though are pretty significant in terms of uh being against tough teams they fell to brock in a district ball game only 18 to 13 and then they fell to whitesboro the very next week 18 to 7 uh, those are two teams that have advanced whitesboro beaten vernon 60 to 6 uh, Brock beating Iowa Park 48 to nothing. Every single team there out of District 4, except for Pilot Point, who fell to Jim Ned 41 to nothing, uh, advanced and advanced convincingly last night. So this is no this is no chump that Shallow Water is about to face. Uh, they're going to have to be ready for this this crew. Uh, they've certainly improved their chops against some very tough opponents across this year. But Shallow Water, uh, kind of the curse that I'd say that they've been in for a long time. Bushland being the exception. They have not played a lot of teams that have pushed them at all, and they really got out on on Bushland in a way that was unexpected. Uh, but uh, they're going to advance. They're going to have to do it against a tough Paradise team. It would be Dalhart or Whitesboro in the next round. Uh, but the Mustangs, I think, uh, ought to be in a, in, a, in a good spot under Coach Vincent there to keep this thing going. Yeah, I have the Paradise Panthers, first season of uh, recorded football. 1971, they went 1-9, uh, and nine, and had struggled recently failing to make the playoffs their last playoff appearance was in uh, 2020 therefore that when they had a 10 and one season back in 2008 but since then uh, a tough go of things a couple of one win seasons two win seasons so uh, they're kind of rolling things back here are they new to 3a this does not give me a classification just gives me this the result of the um other seasons but uh, possibly it's rare that you know possibly. somebody pops up in region one that you're like huh <laughs> but certainly that that's true for me I, I just don't know anything about paradise the paradise panthers panthers okay well panthers and mustangs in that ball game next week muleshoe also looking to extend its season in the area around they'll get brock uh muleshoe beating brownfield 47 37 the second time this year they've knocked off the cubs but uh, brock is a is a different deal all the way together they're only seven and four which uh, you know might surprise you a little bit when you look at the overall record, but then you see who their non-district schedule was, and you understand why they lost those ball games uh, this year. Brock uh, did not play around this year. They they went up classifications and played some tough people. They played Pleasant Grove. They lost in overtime to Wichita Falls Hershey. They faced perennial 4A state champ Wimberley, and they also lost to uh, 3A D2 power Gunter. 
21 to 16. That was their non-district season, <laughs> and they went undefeated through district, uh, barely knocking off Whitesboro, though. And as we mentioned a second ago, only beating Paradise by five. So uh, maybe a, a beatable Brock team more than you're used to seeing here in the last decade or so. But the Mules uh, got a better record, at least on paper, eight and three with Brock seven and four. But two uh, teams hoping to to advance there. Dalhart will also face Whitesboro up in the top of that bracket. And then Jim Ned at 8-3 and three will take on 10-1 and one Bushland, with Bushland's only loss being to Shallow Water back three weeks ago. But uh, Jim Ned Bushland is is, is about of a, as glitzy of a, of a matchup on, you know, as you get together. Those are two very good teams matching up here in the area round. Should be lots of fun. And if it's Shallow Water, you know, I think they're going to be okay. They're not going to, you know, overlook anything or anybody, especially seeing what they can possibly meet up with coming up in the next couple of rounds uh, well coached football team shallow water mustangs but uh, take care of business next week and, and continue to keep the train rolling idaloo the only area team uh, to advance in 3a division two to the area round they will be eight and three they will take on crane who defeated san angelo tlc academy 55 to 20 crane will also come in at eight and three but uh you know, I, I guess Coach White, if you are listening, if your boys have the the show on in the locker room, turn it off for a second. Turn it off. Don't want you to be mad at us. But Idaloo fans, Crane stinks. They stink out loud. Here's why they stink. I'm not worried about Crane. Oh my goodness, no, Idaloo. Garrett, we just broke the curse. I'm I'm just gonna say this. They played a home and home schedule in that district because of the fact that there were only four teams. I guess. Some of those teams could not get non-district opponents. In their non-district play, they lost to McCamey 28-21. There's a 2A school. They knocked off Kermit 32-23. They fell to Reagan County 16-6. Reagan County, not very good this year. Then they fell to Fort Stockton 46-6. But then they played Tornillo, who they beat so bad that Tornillo quit the rest of its season, 67 to nothing. They played Odessa Compass Academy two times. They beat them 35 to nothing and 40 to nothing. They get a forfeit win over Tornillo the second time around, and then they beat Alpine 14 to nothing and then 56 to 28. They've played the same people two times to get all their victories. Those people aren't very good. Crane, I don't think, is worthy of the 8 and 3 record they're going to bring in. This should be a Wildcat stomping. Okay. Well, I'll give you this then, and I'm going to save the rest for a little bit later, but uh, fourth meeting all time between Crane and Idaloo coming up next week. Crane leads the series three to zero. <laughs> Two thousand nine, the last meeting, Crane won that one thirteen. It's seven. coming to an end this week, Andres. <laughs> All right, somebody tell Coach White he can turn the radio back on. <laughs> Great matchup next week for the Wildcats against Crane. Both eight and three in the area round, but uh, well, I'll leave it at that. The, the next round, if the Wildcats were to win that one, hint, hint, they're going to uh, Wall versus Childress. Uh, Wall at nine and one, Childress at seven and four. So certainly looks like it'll get a lot tougher uh, in the regional <clears throat> semifinal game uh, versus the uh, area round. But we shall see. Canadian also still alive, as is Spearman out of District Three. That's nothing new uh, by any means. Uh, Idaho was the only team to knock off a District Three team in the by district round with that close twenty four twenty one win over Friona. Uh, but uh, I, I'm feeling confident. Feeling confident that that's going to be just fine for the green and gold next Friday or Thursday, whenever they play. If you knew, know the time for that Idaloo crane ball game, uh, do let us know on the Yates flooring center chat line in two a division one new deal is the only area team still alive. They're eight and three. They beat 
uh, Highland Park. The Hornets with the surprise playoff appearance. They're not used to being there either. 71 to 18. Their next draw is Four Sand. The Buffaloes are 9 and 2. They were the runner up in District 3, right behind District Champion Sonora. <coughs> However, uh, you know, New Deal, no, no stranger to this point in the season, used to playing some bigger names, used to playing some tough teams. If you do knock off Four Sand, it's the winner of Stratford and Cisco, and there's another bright lights kind of ball game between an undefeated Stratford and a nine and two Cisco. But uh, the Lions, that kind of again, kind of a team we, we certainly noticed them do well this year, but a, a quiet undefeated run through their district as that district was a little bit down compared to where it's been uh, with Post being so good. Uh, you know, Olton, Floyd. There's some there's some tough teams in there, but the the middle of the pack kind of beat up on each other. While New Deal just knocked out everybody. Uh, tough game for them next week, but I certainly don't think there's any reason they can't win it. No, no, definitely doing well. I saw them earlier in the season, uh, and, and they were really well. They played good offensively, especially running the football. That was way back in week three, so I'm sure a lot has changed personnel wise and and just schematic wise. Uh, what I saw then, but from what I did see back in week three of the season, uh, uh, I like the team. I like the way they go, and you know they play well. Yeah, in Region uh, One of this Division Two of Two A, uh, quite a few more teams still hanging around. Sudan at nine and two. We'll get Wellington at ten and one. A really, really tough uh, draw for the Hornets. But uh, again, kind of going back to those big schools we talked about. If you're going to knock off somebody early, you might as well be one of the uh, the, the best teams in your region that you can kind of take take their place and, and sort of the streamline to the rest of the playoff run. Seagraves will also continue to play. They get Vega. Uh, Seagraves is six and five. Vega at seven and four. Rawls is nine and two on the year. They will get eight and three. Clarendon and the new home at ten and one. Game you called last night beating Hale Center forty nine to eight. They will get eight and three. Shamrock. So uh, I look at all four of those games. Sudan with the toughest draw it looks like. The other three: Seagraves, Rawls, New Home. I think all with opportunities on paper at least to go take care of business here yeah and we can, on, on the other side we can talk more about new home in that win last night uh, logan addison a player that uh, people need to uh, uh, know about coming up this playoff run and we'll maybe look at shamrock see what they've done so far this season we'll preview two a division two and look ahead at your thoughts as well from the eighth flying center chat line when we come back here on the saturday morning quarterback part of optimum game day line presented by the united supermarkets right here on double t 97.3 Optimum Game Day Live continues on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. And back with you here on the Saturday Morning Quarterback looking at 2A Division II, uh, a little bit closer. Uh, Sunray beat Shamrock last night, 53-35, to 35, which would mean that Sunray advances. <laughs> Unless you're looking at my spreadsheet where I let the loser advance. So New Home not going to face Shamrock. They're going to face Sunray. Who is nine and two on the year? Their only loss, uh, a, a, clo- a close one in non-district to Hooker, Oklahoma, and then they fell in district play by a touchdown to Vega. Uh, Vega was the undefeated district champion out of District One. That's who Seagraves is going to get next week. But uh, uh, they they had not won any games uh, really in non-district. They were only two and four. In non-district was Vega. So, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's wide open here when you look at what's what's in front of you. Uh, but Sunray was still a, a two-loss team, no matter who they played and how you look at it. And anytime you move up into the panhandle in these small school districts, uh, it, it, it's just it's just nasty. These guys are are corn-fed, and they always are tough, and they're always going to run the football well. 
Uh, and that that would be uh, to me. New Home's challenge might be less about their offense, more about their defense. But you got to see both last night. Uh, what stood out to you about the Leopards? I think uh, the guy that they're going to lean on, uh, Logan Addison. He's the, their running back, the star running back. Also, a, a guy in the middle of the defense, right there, playing linebacker. Had a, several big hits, and uh, someone mentioned on the chat line earlier, uh, Dwayne Slay, Ty Pitt, really depleting. Uh, the quarterback, tough night for Health Center quarterbacks last night. I think they ended up playing almost three at, 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 you know, during the game because of uh, just uh, how hard they were hit there last night. But even uh, sophomore quarterback uh, Caleb Cook thought he played well, threw the ball, well, didn't throw a whole lot. When you have a guy like Addison there in the backfield, you hand it to him 20-plus times. He runs for over 220 yards with uh, two or three touchdowns. Uh, don't have to do a lot of throwing, but they had a kickoff return for a touchdown as well. A lot of good skill players out there around the outside in the perimeter for this uh, new home football team. It's uh, It was fun. Again, my only first time to watch them play, so so far, uh, so good. Hale Center had a, a big running back as well that they uh, gave the ball to a lot, but just not enough uh, for the Owls to come back in, in that one. Uh, it was close. It was 14-8 to at one point, but after that, uh, New Home really definitely took over and, and, and put it away. Five straight Leopard touchdowns. That's a rematch of another game they played back earlier this year, 48-12 to the last time. So uh, New Home actually extends the margin by five on that last game. Uh, John Ward's team has not lost since the opening week when they were fell to Haskell 27-7. to It has been win after win after win, and really none of them have been particularly close uh, from that point on. District play uh, did not really challenge. I thought ropes might do something against them that last week, but uh, that was not even close to true. And then rope season came to an end last night against Sudan, forty-three to twelve. But uh, you know, does does it uh, you know does it hurt you if you're new home that really you, after losing that opening week game you haven't been challenged or pushed into the fourth quarter at all yet? We, we've talked about this with Post over the last few years when they made those state title uh, game runs. Uh, you know, I don't know. This is, certainly seems like a game that you're going to have to be a little bit more uh, put together for four quarters than you've had to be to this point. Yeah, I think so. I don't think it hurts. I mean, we've seen uh, teams here go on long runs and then really be uh, uncompetitive games until they get to that fourth round or that fifth round of the of the playoffs. You know, but this is a different team, and yes, it is a different, smaller classification than what those teams did in the past. So uh, I don't think it will hurt. Uh, the Leopards, but uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. And the Sunray team, definitely, uh, the resume does look good uh, looking at their schedule and, and their losses so far this season and, and even their wins, their, their, their blowout wins. They're scoring 56, 48, 62, 77 burger earlier on in the season <laughs> as well. Well, New Home, Rawls, Sudan, Seagraves, all alive. Uh, kind of the biggest hope for West Texas that we've got left as far as one entire region having some teams uh, in a big group still there, uh, but all with tough matchups this coming week. So wish those guys the best of luck. Uh, Nazareth, Spring Lake Earth, Whiteface, Jayton, uh, Klondike, Whitharrell all hanging around as well in the six-man ranks. Good luck to those guys next week. Uh, Klondike Whitharrell, the one that really jumps off the page at me as an exciting ball game uh, between those two teams if you're into six-man. Uh, certainly looking forward to those. All right, so we'll bounce back up to the big schools here where uh, you know Cooper last night, we didn't really talk about this uh, in detail yet, but just 42 to nothing at the end of the first quarter in that game last night. Uh, interception, touchdown, interception, touchdown, handoff, touchdown. It was, it was pretty much the Pirates doing whatever they wanted against El Paso Bel Air at home, uh, winning that one 59-7 <clears throat> and getting a lot of 
a lot of playing time for some other guys. I, those guys won't see that playing time next week. Alito at nine and two was the eight and zero undefeated district champion out of District 3. They lost both of their non-district games, but uh, that's because they played some tough people. Uh, you know, what What do you see the Pirates needing to be able to do? And, uh, you know, we we have we know the most recent history. Is this only the, the third matchup between these guys and the all in the playoffs? Is that accurate? It is the um, second meeting all-time. Second, sec, or sorry, yes, I'm, I'm recreating a game that didn't happen <laughs> apparently there. They've only played once in 2019. So. Yeah, well, in a game that... Uh, not soon forgotten, I, I would say, uh, based on how that win went. But uh, the Pirates, uh, with, a, with a real chance to, to get ahead, jump out, and, and, and put themselves sort of in the driver's seat, I would argue, in Region 1, uh, you know, Tascosa would probably say, hey, we already beat you. You can't put yourself in the driver's seat. But uh, no reason why you, you don't feel confident about a chance to, to, to battle the Rebels again later on. But Alito always very, very good. And, and one of these teams... You hope that Cooper doesn't have that Metroplex sort of stigma, but all too often you feel like in West Texas uh, it's tough for kids to get past that mindset of, well, we're not supposed to win this one. Yeah, you know, it's, it's very true, very, very true. And even going back to last year's game, I know South Oak Cliff was, was a very, very good football team, but it, from the beginning it seemed like, uh-oh, <laughs> here, here we go. And, and South Oak Cliff ended up winning uh, the state title there in 5A. Division two, so yeah, very similar to that. And 2019 is whenever Alito uh, they they played Alito, and then of course South Oak Cliff last last season. So yeah, that Metroplex stigma it definitely I think is there. Yeah, their two losses uh, to Denton Geyer, 44 to 14 in week two, and Dallas Parish Episcopal a private school uh, out of uh, the biggest uh, classification there in Taps, 24 to 17 in week one. With that said, I, I mean, Denton Ryan and Justin Northwest, you know, teams, uh, Burleson Centennial, that, that traditionally are pretty good teams, but you look at what they did last night, uh, none of them were particularly strong. Burleson Centennial advances, but uh, other than that, uh, I don't see, you know, anything from that district that really looks uh, all that all that threatening. Northwest got beat by Midlothian. Uh, last night, and then uh, the other team, <clears throat> excuse me, out of the district, didn't Ryan fell to Red Oak. So maybe a, a district that's down a little bit, maybe an Alito team that's not as good as their nine and two record indicates. But uh, uh, the Coop Pirates with their chance to get a big win in that one next week. Friendship, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try to negotiate anything out of this one. <laughs> South Lake Carroll is really good. They're eleven and zero. That eleven and zero record includes. Matchups against very very good teams there in 6A. Uh, Carroll likely you know would be a Division One team in any other district other than District Three, but because Keller and North Crowley are are larger in size, they fall into D2. Friendship uh, in a tough position here against a really really good team. But I mean, this is what you want, right? This is what if you're growing your program and Jay Northcutt is steadily been trying to do that here over the the course of a half decade literally from the uh, ground up yeah i mean <laughs> oh, intend to yes i mean a very very hard start in, in being pushed right into the 6a ranks uh you know not necessarily uh familiar or ready for a lot of those things but they have made it to this point this is the kind of game you want i think if you're his program yeah, yeah, for sure. No doubt about that. No, no information on where that would be played. Probably in Abilene area, maybe ACU and uh, Shotwell, I guess, you know. And I was trying to think back the last time these teams met. Where did they play? And I think it 
It was it was Sweetwater Shotwell. Maybe? Shotwell is closed for business. Oh, I think it? actually they are doing some renovations to the press box there. I saw. Oh, I think that's right. Athletic director Jim Garfield sent out a, a statewide something the other day saying, "Hey guys, sorry, but we're <laughs> we're cleaning stuff up, so we will not be available for you this year." Uh, but when you look at South Lake Carroll, seven and zero undefeated district champions. Their three non-district matchups uh, there in the Metroplex came against. El Paso Eastwood, who they beat 66 to 14, Flower Mound Marcus, who they beat 38 to 7, and Cedar Hill, who they beat 47 to 6. And on Cedar Hill, not uh, not as highly touted as they've been in the past either. This is a down year uh, for them. But but ultimately, there, there's nothing about the Carroll Ball Club that uh, looks even slightly uh, you know bothersome. They did only beat Carroll thir- Keller, excuse me, 38 to 35. They beat Byron Nelson 38 to 23. So they did get pushed a little bit in some district games, but ultimately you're going to have to play sharp, and, and, and you know you don't count on breaks going your way. But, man, it would be nice for a Carroll fumble, a Carroll interception on just a, a tip ball or something to, to come your way. Friendship's just going to have to be opportunist because our offense, I think, can make things happen, but their defense, I, I could see very much struggling to get out the field against the Dragons. They say it, think turnover, think turnover. <laughs> that's right there on the sideline. It's up there for everyone to see, so that's what they'll hope, hope for. Well, Joey McGuire says take three. They've only done it once this year, and they took four that day. They might want to take three tonight against the Kansas team that doesn't give it away much but does uh, take it away quite often. The Red Raiders are going to have to fix that. We'll preview that game a little more, and we'll look ahead to all the matchups and know the series history in a lot of these interesting area-round games. Coming up next here on the Saturday Morning Quarterback on Double T 97.3. You're listening to Optimum Game Day Live Countdown to Kickoff, presented by United Supermarkets. Texter here saying that uh, we will see that friendship matchup in San Angelo. Uh, that would be an interesting choice. But Abilene down um, a site for sure with Shotwell Stadium not being available. Uh, I don't really, I don't really recall anyone ever playing it like McMurray or Harden Simmons. Often for basketball or, or baseball, but not for football very often. That, ACU a much much nicer facility now so you could go to Wichita Falls as well but that's only one side I'm sure there's a ton of people clamoring to play there so could be the case I uh, have not seen full confirmation here and yes uh, friendship playing El Paso Eastlake not El Paso Franklin last night uh, so Eastlake was the opponent I, Franklin Cougars on my mind today I'm apparently a pretty good basketball team this year but that is <laughs> not relevant to uh, to football so uh, friendship and South Lake Carroll in that matchup next week and Andres you've You've dug into it as always and, and are aware of a lot of series history here. Uh, just interesting to, to find out sometimes that some of these schools have played distantly in the past and some have never seen each other at all. just makes it for uh, uh, some fun matchups as you advance farther into the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. We'll start with Friendship and South Lake Carroll. Second meeting all time between the two programs. Carroll won the only meeting in the contest back in 2001. That was a playoff game as well, 14-7. to Carol with the win. I actually wasn't in attendance that that game, so yeah. You as a little one, as a ten year old. Hey, well, that's a ten, eleven year old. Yeah, two thousand and one. That's uh, was that? No, that wouldn't have been. Uh, Kendall Browse a no. little bit later, right? Uh, yeah, I'm trying I, to remember it, that, that, what all would have been a part of that, but uh, yeah, that's interesting. All the way back then, so a playoff matchup, a a chance to even the score here uh, for the Tigers if they can take care of business. 
uh, in that one. Uh, and, and again, uh, tentatively, it looks like possibly in San Angelo there for that matchup. We'll see. Another texter asking, is Riley Dodge still the coach at South Lake Carroll? I believe that is the case. I yeah, think that's true. I don't think he's gone anywhere else yet. Uh, I have not uh, followed that closely, but uh, his dad still his dad is at uh, was it Westlake? Well, I think he's at Lake Travis now, isn't Lake he? Travis. He was at Westlake, but now at Lake I'm not sure where. I think he's kind of been all <laughs> over the place, but uh, definitely a, a lot of heritage in that family, uh, and certainly uh, just part of the 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 allure of of that whole program is out Lake Carroll, but. Uh, Dragons are going to be the matchup next for friendship. All right, what else? What else we got? Uh, here's just a game that I just caught my eye. I mean, this is Argyle Rider. Look at the, the those two programs, Argyle and Wichita Falls Rider. First meeting all time between those Argyle moving up uh, classifications. They'll meet Rider coming up next week. Should be a good one. Uh, Cooper uh, Alito second meeting all time. Alito won it in 2019. That was the state semifinal game, 28 to 21. Um, and yeah, we, we mentioned it earlier. The uh, what could have been there for the Pirates that season. Yeah, it, it would, I think undoubtedly, if UIL did use or or take advantage of uh, replay live in game, that game might have gone drastically differently than it than it ended up going. Uh, but again, nothing that anybody will have forgotten on that Cooper sideline going into next week. They will remember that one for sure. Wiley versus Colleyville Heritage, another first meeting all the time. Wiley playing some good football. Abilene Wiley uh, here versus a uh, you know Heritage who's 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 beaten Coronado in, in Monterey in the in the playoffs these last few several years. Yes, that's a good matchup. Uh, really unfortunate that there is no one in 5A D2 that's been competitive from our area because Abilene Cooper also. Advancing to face Grapevine, uh, a pretty competitive district too. Just not uh, not from our local schools, uh, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, chance to, to to knock off some names certainly there uh, in this next round. Estacado versus Canyon Randall, eleventh meeting all time. Estacado leads the series six to four. The last game was in two thousand and three. Uh, Randall won it forty three to twenty eight. Estacado's last win two thousand forty six to twenty six. So uh, distant history. Distant but, uh, history. History. So you know, as long as this show has been in existence, Randall's been a five A 5A big school program, and Estacado's been uh, you know hovering there at the back end of four A. So for them to combine is still very interesting to me. But Coach Blaylock's team, I don't think any reason for them to not go into this game expecting to win. I think they they have as good a shot as Randall does. A fifty fifty toss up here, uh, and, and I think it's a it's a great chance for Estacado to really uh, goes somewhere in Blaylock's first season as the head man over there on the east side. Uh, elsewhere in 4A, Division One Brownwood versus Canyon. Fourth meeting all time. Canyon High leads it 2-1. to one. The last contest, 2017, Brownwood. Winners 60-20. to 20. The Eagles in 2016 won it 20-17. to 17. There for that one. Yeah, that's a, a really big-time matchup there. And there are a number of area-round games here that you would, you know, like, hey, if I have to go watch somewhere, I'll buy a ticket to that one. That would be one I would also find very, very interesting. So, some thoughts real quickly from the Ace Points Center chat line. Uh, Raider316 says, Cooper 24, Alito 21 with the uh, fist. <laughs> Whatever, the with the fist of solidarity, I guess, with the Pirates. And then uh, Osmu says, Cooper and Tigers getting the B-balls out next Saturday. Well, I can tell you, at least the, the Tigers already have the B-Balls out, and they're very, very good. State-ranked basketball team out there at Friendship, regardless of whether Tate Beals or any other football guys are out there with them yet. But uh, Cooper, I don't know less about uh, in their basketball uh, situation right now. But but ultimately, that wouldn't be a bad deal. But I think they'll be uh, they'll be okay. 
It'll be okay. Paul also asked, did I beat City Hall on that ticket? No, I did not. Mm. Guilty. The jury of my peers found me guilty. So thanks, Paul, for bringing that back up. But anyway, all right, let's keep rolling here. Moving on here. New Deal at uh, New Deal versus Forson. Third meeting all-time. Series tied 1-1. to 2021, New Deal defeated Forson 28-24. Uh, forcing a winner in 2017, 51-8. <laughs> uh, and the Buffaloes uh, have been a very solid team, but they've been sort of overshadowed in Region 1 by uh, just better teams. For two years it was post. Uh, last year uh, they were not able to advance past the third round. But uh, ultimately here a really good chance for New Deal to keep moving. But I'm sure a hungry Forsan team that would that would like to, to advance farther and do more things than they've done here over the last few years. It's cold out here, man. <laughs> it is. It is cold. We got uh, we got shorts. dudes. We got dudes and ladies jogging in shorts. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I, apparently that burns more calories. <laughs> tough. Very tough. Our texter here, texter here mentioned that already. Actually, uh, calling out tech. I don't know if he's calling out us, Andres, or if he's calling out somebody else. But uh, uh, says something to do today. If you're not going to the game, give up your tickets now. Tech fans and Lubbock fans, time for you to go to the game. Let's have fun in the cool weather. Quit crying. And show your support. Were we crying? I have not. No. I have a blanket that's heated over my legs right now. <laughs> I'm not crying at all. Thanks to Chris Sizemore uh, taking care of me. Any more? Any more uh, series matchups? Yeah, yeah, honest? yeah. How about this? Shallow Water Paradise first meeting all time. I think no surprise there. We mentioned the Paradise Panthers a little bit earlier in the program. I did mention Idaloo Crane fourth meeting all time. Crane leads it three to zero over the Idaloo Wildcats. New home and uh, Sun. Uh, excuse me. I didn't get this one because I, I put Shamrock thinking Shamrock won. Because somebody messed Shamrock up the Shamrock did not win. So somebody, we'll, I mean me, yeah. <laughs> we'll look at that one. And then how about Wellington-Sudan? Third meeting all time. Wellington leads 2-0 to zero, the last game back in 2013, which was also an area round game. Wellington won 58-36. I'm picturing Ant-Man here. Okay, right? Can, can, a, can a Hornet defeat a Skyrocket? Well, if that Hornet can just sneak in through a vent or something mess up the cogs inside the skyrocket that skyrocket's going down right isn't that what happened in ant-man i never watched ant-man uh, you never watched ant-man no. and you don't know who the gym blossoms are hey, no goodness gracious uh, the lack of culture on this show <laughs> very disappointing but uh I, I, good luck to those guys that is my most interested uh the region i'm most interested in two-way division two where seagrave sudan rawls and new home all have a chance to advance, and all, I think, uh, you could argue are in tough matchups. Uh, New Home, I would put as a favorite. I think the rest of those you probably would call upsets if they were to happen, but they could happen. They uh, could. I'd love to see that and love to see Friendship and Cooper get big wins over big-time opponents from out east. It's time for West Texas to represent, man. So let's see if we can have it happen. Area round will be a big one for almost everybody. No gimmies except for Idaloo. They're going to smack Crane. All the rest of the games are going to be tough ones. <laughs> We'll be back with you next Saturday, 7 a.m., to tell you about the area round and look ahead to the regional semifinals, part of Optimum Game Day Live, presented by United Supermarkets, right here on Double T 97.3.